I don't know if the audio picked that up, but that was a beer opening. I am in such a weird headspace right now, which doesn't mean much because I'm always in a weird headspace, but I'm just trying to be open with the audience that I somehow have, for whatever reason. Like, I don't know why y'all are here, but the analytics say people do listen to this, so... If y'all are gonna spend your time here, then I want y'all to have a completely authentic version of my weird self. So, I have listened to more music in the last year than I think I ever have at any point in my life. And that's cool and all, and I'm glad to have spent a lot of time with some really cool songs and albums and EPs. But the the existence of all that free time came for an obvious reason that has served as a detriment to all of us in some way or another. And, and just to provide full disclosure, I'm recording this episode on Wednesday, March 10th, with the intention of releasing it the following day on March 11th. So by the time anyone is hearing this, it will have officially been one year since the World Health Organization declared COVID a global pandemic back on March 11th, 2020. So everything that you've heard ad nauseum by this point about, you know, social dis- distancing and masks and quarantine and testing and vaccinations, that's been our reality for a whole last year now. I think for a lot of people, this can be a time to reflect on the overwhelming negative aspects of this whole situation, but what I'm going to attempt to do today is look back on the positives in my life this last year, and specifically the positives that came as a result of music. Because for as shitty as this year has been, and it's, it's been really, really fucking shitty, I've had the privilege of listening to a lot of important songs that have impacted me profoundly, and I know that I'll bring them along with me for the rest of my life well beyond when this pandemic is finally over. And I will always be so thankful for these songs and their contributions to me throughout Turmoil. So this episode is going to be about my 10 favorite songs that were released during the pandemic era. And the pandemic era is defined by the time frame I just mentioned, so that ranges from March 11th, 2020 to March 11th, 2021. And before I get into the content, I do want to mention that a playlist for this episode will be made available on my Spotify account, and I'm going to make that playlist my top 25 pandemic songs. But only the top 10, along with two runner-ups, will actually be talked about here. And even if I'm not discussing those 13 remaining songs, I still wanted to do something to give them their spotlight, because they more than deserve it. So, go check out that playlist if you want to. Uh, Although, if you do it now, though, then you'll have this list spoiled for you. So, yeah, do with that what you will, I suppose. The format for this is going to go release date, song title, and then band name. The first runner-up, number 12, released on October 16th, 2020, Moiré by Lost Trees. This is a great way to start the episode because I 
don't even know if I'm pronouncing the name of that song correctly. I, I, I think it's Moire, but I have no fucking clue. What I do know, however, is that this song fucking rules. Lost Trees is the only band on this list I hadn't heard of prior to the pandemic, and I'm glad I happened to, dis to discover them when their EP Waking Life came out. Moire is everything that post-hardcore should be, and this is absolutely a song that I could have envisioned myself having as my MySpace song in like 2007 or some shit. The second runner-up, number 11, released on July 17th, 2020, I Feel Bad by Black Bear. Black Bear is one of the most consistent artists I've ever had the enjoyment of listening to. Like, like any time he puts out an album or EP, I know I'm getting at least one song that I can point to and say was a highlight of my year. And that's what I Feel Bad was for me in 2020. It has the sonic attributes of a mainstream pop hit, yet conveys every dark emotion that a weird sad boy like myself can identify with. This was my toxic anthem for the year, and I'm perfectly okay with that. On to the actual list. Number 10, released on July 3rd, 2020. Holy Roller by Spirit Box. If I hadn't listened to Spirit Box by this point, I think I'd be fucking sick of them, strictly from how often I see their name on my timeline. But the reality is that Spirit Box warrant every bit of hype they've received since their inception. Two of the members of Spirit Box, Courtney LaPlante and Mike Stringer, were previously in a band called I Wrestled a Bear Once. So they brought with them experience of performing at a relatively high level in what was pretty much a combination of metalcore and deathcore. Like, it, it wasn't really at the highest level, but it was still a level that demanded a lot from them. But with Spirit Box, they crafted an entirely new level all to themselves that a large portion of metalcore bands can only ever dream of touching. Holy Roller is this band's biggest song, and it instantly captivated me through its brutality that also manages to be, like, catchy and bouncy in this weird, abstract manner that I don't know if I can even properly explain. Holy Roller is heavy, at times it's uncomfortable, it's the kind of song that makes me sit back and wonder just, how the fuck did they do this? Like, how could any individuals write something this good? Spirit Box has a small yet deep discography, and I think that is highlighted by Holy Roller and the effect that song has had on this band. Number 9. Released on January 22nd, 2021. Different by Maggie Lineman. I spoke about Maggie already when I, na I named her my number one artist of January back on the first episode of this podcast, but I will gladly sing her praises again, because I think at this moment in the scene, Maggie gets what makes someone a star-like entity better than almost everyone around her. That prowess that she already has at such a young age gave me options for her inclusion on this list. Like, I didn't need to go with different. I could have made cases for songs like Crash and Burn, 
scissor hands, knife under my pillow, and gaslight. And I genuinely did consider those songs, but when I really thought about it, Different feels like her shining achievement in the age of the pandemic, and really a shining achievement for all of alternative music. There's a big channeling of 2000s alternative mixed with pop rock here that Maggie immaculately put a modern spin on, and lyrically, I haven't been able to get this song's hook out of my head ever since I first heard it. Like, apropos of nothing, there will be times when I just murmur to myself, I just want to be someone different than me sometimes. It's angst that I don't mind finding relatability in, because different never comes across as cheesy or forced, and that's entirely because of Maggie's delivery. Number 8. Released on October 8th, 2020, Molly by Chase Atlantic. I'll be completely transparent with everyone listening to this podcast right now. This is the one entry on this list that I don't know if I'll end up regretting. Not because I don't, I don't like this song or anything like that. Like, f- fuck no. I, I completely adore Molly to the fullest extent possible. It, it was one of my favorite songs in 2020, but the, the thing is that just last week, Chase Atlantic released their new album called Beauty and Death, and there are so many songs on that album that if I had more time with them, maybe they could have made this list instead of Molly. But I don't want that kind of recency bias to be reflected on this list, so I'm just going to play it safe and go with the Chase Atlantic song that I know for a fact I am fucking in love with. Molly single-handedly took Chase Atlantic from being a band I loved to a band that I don't know how I'm supposed to live without. And that connection was immediate. I couldn't put this song down when it released, and that's still the case five months later. I I don't even know how to sell this song or Chase Atlantic altogether to someone because it's this alternative, pop, R&B, hip-hop, electronic, and probably other genres that I'm not even thinking of. Molly exemplifies everything that Chase Atlantic is. Not just sonically, but lyrically as well, since this song at its core is so fucking emo. Yet, despite its emo nature, the delivery has confidence and wariness mixed into it. Like, Christian and Mitty both sound so tired and over the subject matter, while also singing the lyrics like they're gospel. I'll go ahead and close this entry the same way the chorus to this song closes. I'm singing Molly, it's the end for me. You'll always be a friend to me for life. Number 7. Released on February 19th, 2021, Bury Me Alive by Normandy. What Normandy did in the entire lead-up to their new album, Dark and Beautiful Secrets, was declare that they were tired of being synonymous with the word potential. Like, it was, oh, Normandy have potential, oh, Normandy can potentially be one of the best bands in the world. Normandy heard all that and said, fuck it, we are one of the best bands in the world. 
they proved that not even when the album dropped in February, but as singles were coming out. And that was a process that dates as far back as August of last year. I gave real thought to having either Jericho or Babylon be the Normandy representative for this list. But all I really needed to do was think about which song I've listened to the most on this new album. Because if that were Jericho or Babylon or any of the other singles, then I would have gone back to them frequently over the last three weeks. But it's not any of the singles that I turn to whenever I feel like listening to Normandy right now. It's Bury Me Alive. That song exudes everything that makes Normandy a special band, and then adds another layer that dares other alternative rock acts to match. The verses build up this song masterfully before pulling the listener back like ever so slightly for just a few seconds during the pre-chorus. And then the moment that chorus finally hits, like, dude, that is one of the most enthralling and fulfilling experiences I've had with any song over the last year. And maybe there's nothing flashy about this song, and it's probably as bare bones as alternative rock music can get, but it still manages to craft its identity as a pillar of the pandemic era for myself. And I would hope that when touring resumes, Normandy find themselves on the biggest stages possible because they've put in the work to make that their destiny. Like, seriously, guys. If heaven is a hotel six foot deep and hell is where I go when I'm asleep, bury me, bury me alive. Holy shit. What a fucking hook. I love this song, I love this band, and I seriously want the world for them. Number 6. Released on October 21st, 2020. Beyond Belief by Holding Absence. Where Holding Absence currently are in their careers is astounding. This band is a little over a month away from releasing what is only going to be their second album, Yet, whenever I hear their songs or I watch their music videos, I feel like I'm in the presence of a band that's about to put out their 6th or 7th or 8th album. They are that far ahead of their contemporaries, and I guess when you have members that are just that fucking good and know exactly what they want their presentation to be, you get a band like Holding Absence. The first single for that new album I just mentioned was Beyond Belief, and the entire packaging of that song showed me that this is a new age of holding absence, even if it's barely their second album. Before Beyond Belief dropped, all of their music videos were shot in black and white, and this was the first video of theirs to be presented in color, and in a weird way, you can actually hear that vibrance in the song. It's different from their past material and has a more straightforward approach rather than being drenched in sorrow, but it still packs so much fucking emotion. And it's another showcase for Lucas Woodland, who has a real claim to being one of the best vocalists in the world today. Like, and not even just for scene music, Lucas could 
absolutely hold his own against anybody from any genre with a microphone. The first time I heard the bridge to Beyond Belief, it felt like an out-of-body experience. I, I think people were more keen on Afterlife, which came out three months after Beyond Belief. And yes, Afterlife is also a perfect song, but Beyond Belief is transcendent in a way that I don't believe any other Holding Absence song is. And by its placement at number six, I'm indicating that there were only a handful of songs in the last year that made me feel the way that Beyond Belief did. Number five. Released on August 7th, 2020, Cursed by Slaves. The story of Slaves, and, and I'm so glad they're changing their name, because it sounds awful out of context. But back to my original point. The story of the band involves a sudden lineup change in 2019 that could have could have been the end of this band, honestly. Johnny Craig, who was previously in Dance Gavin Dance and Amorosa, departed the band abruptly, and right before they were set to go on a tour in Europe, Matt McAndrew just happened to find his way into the band. It, it was a complete stroke of luck that gave Slaves another chance. And from July 2019 onward, the band would occasionally put out singles, and all of that was in preparation for their final album under the Slaves name, To Better Days. I said earlier that Maggie Lineman and Normandy gave me options for this list, but To Better Days was the biggest example of that. Like, like no bullshit, seven or eight songs from that album could have made this list. But ultimately, I went with Cursed because I still believe that's the standout song from this album. And it really might be the standout song from this band altogether. It's so catchy and the execution from Matt and the rest of the band cemented this as a song that I knew was vastly important to me from the second it started playing. Like, the first time I heard this album, it was part of a release party being held over Discord, and my fucking jaw just about hit the floor when the melody initially came in on Cursed. And after the album was over, I unmuted my mic and was like, Yo, track 9, what the fuck was that? That was insane. And as soon as I left that Discord call, I listened to Curse I don't even know how many fucking times that night. Lately, I'm getting the feeling nothing works because we're cursed and she said so am I. Genuine chills every time I hear this song and I just... I, I don't know, bro. I, I, I want to nurture this song. It, it is like my fucking child and I loved Cursed with every bit of my heart. This song makes me so happy, despite tearing me apart lyrically, and m maybe that's where the attachment comes from. Because it hurts, but it's so, so, so fucking good. What I want to say now, before getting into the final four, is that numbers four, three, and two all change slots frequently while I was in the preparation stages of this episode. I feel like I'm comfortable with where these songs are now, but on any given day, this 
exact ordering could probably change depending on how I feel. Number four, released on September 3rd, 2020, For the Attention Of, by Static Dress. No band understands their own vision for their material quite like Static Dress do. This band fucking nails every aspect of their presentation. The aesthetic to all of their music videos and social media posts and merch designs is a testament to the genius minds of everyone involved in this project. I was going to say that many bands can learn from Static Dress, but really, anybody creating any type of content can learn from them. They're my biggest inspiration for presentation, and I feel like I will never be able to live up to what they've set for themselves. Their songs somehow match the chaotic nature of everything they attach their names to. Like, honestly, fuck, man. Even just their name fits into all that. Static Dress's music sounds like their name. I know that doesn't make any sense, but just trust me on this that I have a point to make. How the fuck does any of this even work? And by this point, I haven't even gotten, gotten into the song. For the Attention Of came out in September, and it felt like a genuine game changer. The screams from Ollie Appleyard at the start of the song give you zero time to breathe or even try to comprehend what you're hearing. And even when he goes into clean singing during the chorus, I can still feel my brain becoming a puzzle trying to piece together everything that is happening in the song because it's the most exciting form of sensory overload I think I've ever experienced. It took weeks and maybe months for me to stop hearing new details that I didn't notice before every single time I listened to this song. It's like, if someone told me to explain in words to them what my ideal post-hardcore song sounds like, this is what they would have given back to me. For the Attention Of is the best example of why Static Dress is a band that more people need to be focusing on because they are doing things that either nobody else wants to or just straight up nobody else can. Number 3, released on January 13th, 2021, Obsolete, by Of Mice and Men. This is the third fucking episode of this podcast that I've mentioned this song, and there have only been three episodes. I, I, I cannot escape Obsolete, and you know what? I don't want to escape it. I want Obsolete by my side at all times because it rekindled my love and admiration that I once had for Of Mice and Men. This band was such a crucial part of my life at one point, and then something changed. I just didn't have that connection to them anymore, and it's not because I thought their recent material was bad or anything like that. It just wasn't capturing me like I had hoped it would. And that's fine. Bands and consumers drift away from each other all the time. It's a normal occurrence, and once that happened with myself and a Mice and Men, I thought, Maybe that was the end of that chapter of my life, per se. And then Obsolete dropped at the start of 2021, and it felt like I was reuniting with someone important to me. I couldn't believe how much I loved this song, and that sensation hasn't gone away in the two months that Obsolete has been part of my life. Every member of this band sounds so rejuvenated on this song, 
and it satisfied every single desire that I could have possibly had from an Of Mice and Men song. It's 2021, and Of Mice and Men is once again one of my favorite bands, and, and that is genuinely one of the most touching aspects of my life over this last stupid-ass year. Number 2. Released on August 14th, 2020, Don't Ask by Poppy. This is the first chance I'm getting on this podcast to talk about Poppy, but I think if I said everything on my mind about her, this episode would be like an hour long and nobody, nobody needs that. Just know that Poppy is one of the most important artists I've ever been a fan of. Her album last year, I Disagree, was one of the final experiences I had as part of a quote-unquote normal society since it came out in January. And I grew attached to that album, and then over the next couple of months, it definitely took a beating because my life had gotten so shitty in pretty unprecedented ways. Uh, and, and that was for reasons I have nothing to do with the pandemic, but I'm not going to get into that because it's not appropriate for this platform. I just needed to explain this part because it's a big reason for this song being here at all. Uh, Poppy ended up releasing a deluxe version of I Disagree in August called I Disagree More, and it had four new songs on it, and the final of those was Don't Ask. It's such a eerie and atmospheric song that brings out more human emotion in Poppy than maybe any song of hers prior. Like, you're not at all listening to a character on this song. You're hearing a real person express how they're just fucking tired and don't want to express what they're feeling. It's one of the most relatable songs I've ever heard in my life, and it summarized exactly how I was feeling at that point, and to a large extent still do to this day. Like, sometimes I just, I, I just don't want to fucking talk about my feelings, and I shouldn't need to if that's the case. And just to pull some lines from this song, if there's one thing that's for sure it's changed on its way and it waits for no one, I beat myself up every time, but it's not, it's not, it's not my fault. Don't ask me how I'm feeling. There's nothing to talk about. A, 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 a definitive song, really, over the last year for me. A definitive song over the course of my entire life, if I'm being honest. Like, Don't Ask projects feelings that are not just exclusive to how I've been feeling about life over the last year. This is... This is my fucking song, and it should be number one. This should have been the best song of the pandemic era, because it's so fucking definitive of everything that I just talked about. But there was, there was one song that nobody, not Poppy, not of Mice and Men, not Maggie Lineman, not fucking anybody could touch, and it's not fair because the number one song is a fucking game-breaker every time this band does something. Yo, I'm feeling kind of funny right now. Like, I, I'm, like, I don't know. I have, like, this weird anxious feeling inside of me. And, like, 
my arms are kind of tingling in, in a way that I I haven't felt this way before on any podcast episode. So yeah, I'm probably just gonna need to like chill out and lie down after this is done. Maybe watch anime or something. I don't know. But anyways, moving on. Before I get into the number one song, I'm gonna go ahead and do what I've done on all the other list-based podcasts and review the list up to this point. So the first runner-up, number 12, was More Rye by Lost Trees. Number 11 was I Feel Bad by Black Bear. Number 10, Holy Roller by Spirit Box. Number 9, Different by Maggie Lineman. Number 8, Molly by Chase Atlantic. Number 7, Bury Me Alive by Normandy. Number 6, Beyond Belief by Holding Absence. Number 5, Cursed by Slaves. Number 4, For the Attention of by Static Dress. Number 3, Obsolete by A Mice and Men. Number 2, Don't Ask by Poppy. And the number 1 song that I have listened to over the last year the number one song of the pandemic era, released on October 22nd, 2020, Teardrops by Bring Me the Horizon. It was never not going to be Bring Me the Horizon. It is always them every single time they release something. Anyone who knows me personally probably knows this much by now, but maybe there's someone listening who doesn't know, so I'm just going to go ahead and explain it anyway. Bring Me the Horizon is my favorite band in history. They're the reason I love music as much as I do. They're the reason I'm alive right now, and that's not a fucking exaggeration. So yeah, when thinking about the best song over the last year, it was always going to be Bring Me the Horizon. Maybe I questioned at times if it was going to be Teardrops, because I think Kingslayer also feels like a benchmark song, but everything I've said so far about how all of these songs captured me the first time I heard them, they don't even come close to the emotional roller coaster that my brain went on when I heard teardrops for the first time. Halfway through the song, I was asking myself if this was the greatest song of all time. And ultimately, no. It's, it's not the greatest song I've ever heard, but I feel very confident in saying that it is one of the greatest. It's catchy, it's infectious, it's aggressive without having to be in one's face. Every quirk, big and small, that makes this band so special is present in this song, and it's the coolest thing I've heard from them since their album, Amo. The second Ollie Sykes comes in on the first verse, the instrumentation wraps itself around his voice as he speaks the lines, We hurt ourselves for fun, force-feed our fears until our hearts go numb. What Bring Me the Horizon continue to do for me on a personal level is something that I can't ever possibly repay them for. And I don't really know if Teardrops turned my life around back in October, because my head is very much so still a black hole, but this song, and really all of the post-human survival horror EP, motivated me to at least try to pull myself out of the despair that I had been living in for the entire pandemic up to that point. Teardrops is the best song I've heard in the last year. Maybe the last two years, in all honesty. There is no wrong that Bring Me the Horizon can do, and for as long as I have a podcast, I will continue to talk about them with great enthusiasm every chance I get. I don't care if it ever becomes annoying. I'm not going to apologize for that, 
because this band makes me happier than 99% of people in my life do. And that, that, that's it. That's the end of this. Those were my 10 favorite songs in the pandemic era so far. And again, all 10 of these songs and the two runner-ups are in a playlist on my Spotify account, along with 13 other songs that were in consideration for this episode. So, thank you for listening. Hopefully, everyone is taking care of themselves. Even if it might, at times, feel like we're doing all this work and stopping the spread of COVID for nothing. I'm typically not a positive person, so maybe... Maybe everything I'm about to say holds no merit, but just just keep being responsible. There is a way out of all of, the, of this. Even if we can't really see it, it's there. There is an exit that leads to herd immunity, and there will come a time where normalcy is restored. But we all need to keep doing our part. So, please wear masks. I don't care what Greg Abbott says. You, you need to wear a mask. You need to give a shit about the health of everyone around you. Please get vaccinated whenever it's your turn. If you're already vaccinated, that's great. If you're partially vaccinated and are waiting for your second dose, I'm equally proud of you. So just keep all this up for a bit longer. And I... I, I don't really know what else to say without reiterating myself, so I'll just go ahead and end this episode. Again, thank you for listening. Check out the playlist if you feel like it. I I have some ideas for future episodes that I think could be really cool, so expect more content throughout the next few weeks. And that's pretty much going to do it. Thank you, take care, and let's make a scene.